if you don't go out and share it with people, doing those people a disservice, that is simply all sales is. Don't sell to everybody. I don't sell to everyone and I would advise people to just don't sell to everybody. Qualify first, brilliantly qualify, and then only sell to, to very select people. All sales is, is effective communication. Yeah. That's all it is. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham. Join this week, joined, the, oh, I can't speak. Joined this week by Hannah Morris. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. The Hi. self-control it took not to say that in an American accent. Yes. Because just before we hit record, we were talking about how when you're in America, you have to go, oh. it's Hannah. My name's Hannah. Because they just don't understand Hannah. Yeah, you say Hannah and they're like, what? What are you saying? You're One like, more time, oh. please. Oh, probably Hannah insulted Montana. all of the American <laughs> listeners with yeah, their, probably. that accent. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Awkward. How you doing? Yeah, very good, thanks. And you? Yeah, good, thank you. Can't believe we're mid-October. I know. Although that is not a good thing to say because this podcast is definitely not coming out for a good like month minimum. We <laughs> have put this podcast out, or we're due to put it out. It's the first one of next year. Oh, okay. Big new year. Right. Okay, brilliant. Look, I personally think any time of year is a great time of year to be having sales conversations and yep. building a business. But let's be honest, in December, lots of people like to wind down. They like to chill out a little bit more. Um, so I think in January, yeah, is a brilliant time to, mm. um, yeah, go for it and hit the ground running. So hopefully anything that we do share today, if people yep. have got their notebooks with them, they can kind of write things down and then go and action and implement it straight away and yes. start the year on a high. Absolutely. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. So bizarre to say that. Yeah, I know. Wonder how 2023 is going. I don't yeah. really think it's got a ring to it, 2023. Not sure about uh, that as a year. but I haven't really thought about it, but mm. 2023, I think I'm all right with that. We'll wait and see. Yeah. I, I feel think like it's going to be a good year, Alice. I think so, because if I go by the good sounding years, I actually 2020 sounded good, but as we know, ended up being <laughs> not so good. So maybe actually the worse it sounds, the better the year. I mean, I on the flip side, although 2020 was it was a bizarre old year, wasn't it? Yeah. I do still think there are so many positives for so many people that we can all take out of it. Mm. Everything got flipped on its head. And actually, I think that's a brilliant thing sometimes because we learn things about ourselves, about others. And actually, it got people reprioritizing. And although there was lots of, you know, sadness and carnage, so to speak, going on around mm. everybody, actually there were some brilliant things that we can all take out of it yeah so, so true don't kind of see it as like a bad year in a way see it as like it was a, a quite a monumental year yeah a refining year yeah refining mm. yeah i love that and pivotal yeah mm. so on to 2023 here we are let's talk about sales because like <laughs> yeah. you said there's always space to talk about sales yeah. it's a really integral part of business it's a topic that I think so many of us want to learn more about but like you said a great topic for this time of year that people will be listening because we're thinking right year ahead I've got some goals I want to reach my people I want to sell my stuff how can you start by defining for people what is the difference between sales and marketing slash how do the two things interact because I feel like we hear a lot of conversations about marketing you know take this podcast for example yeah. I talk about marketing on it all of the time. Sales, I feel like sometimes gets forgotten or doesn't yeah. get mentioned in the context of that conversation. So Agreed. how do the two fit together? Yeah, that's a really brilliant question. And I think, do you know what sales does get forgotten about a little bit? And hence why my business exists, right? To help people with sales because mm. there's not that many other people um, having that conversation. And I think it's quite, a lot of people fear it. A lot of people hide away from it. A lot of people have got misconceptions around it as well. So hopefully mm. today we'll be able to debunk 
debust or demyth or whatever the word is. Debunk, um, debunk is that the word? <laughs> like one of those. Sure. Uh, demystify, that was the word I was thinking of. Um, demystify, um, yeah, all these kind of like uh, thoughts around sales that are actually not right. So sales and marketing, if we take it to its really, really, really simplest form and then we can always elaborate. Marketing is the first step of the process. Marketing is warming up your audience. Marketing is opening doors. Marketing is opening up conversations. Yeah. Sales is closing the door. Mm. Sales is closing the conversation. Sales is converting people that are, you're bringing them into your, your sort of like universe and sales is then converting them into a commercial, you know, opportunity and and a client effectively. Mm. Yeah, so that's how I see it. So I see them as both fundamentally like important and integral to each other. And that's why I'm so supportive of yeah, good marketing and 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 learning continuing to learn about marketing because mm. I think they they go together so well. And I think as well, the better your marketing is, um, the easier it is for you to close a sale. Completely. Because it's educating your audience. And then when you do have the sales conversation, they already understand a bit about who you are, what you do, how it works, mm. and how you can help them. Yes. Rather than if you don't do marketing, you're just selling, you've got to do so much more work. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that, you need to speak so much more and explain so much more. So actually the two work beautifully together, either one on their own, if you remove... You know, if you just have marketing, you don't have sales, mm -hmm. you're going to be missing out on commercial opportunities. Yeah. And if you just have sales, no marketing, you're going to be having to work so much harder and it's going to be so much slower. Yes. It's interesting you say there about it being so much harder. It reminds me of one of my friends that I used to co-work with. His kind of sales strategy was basically he took someone from completely cold to trying to make a decision within one call. There was no marketing beforehand. He was using ads, people then book a call. And it's like you were saying, there was no use of marketing. And I used to listen to him doing this calls. First of all, be in awe because there's no way that I could sit down and do that. But second of all, just think, gosh, that sounds like such hard work because you haven't utilized marketing to, like you said, warm them up. Yeah. Almost subconsciously sell to 100%. them without them realizing. 100%. And you're it having to do it all in a sale. Yeah. And in terms of that kind of subconscious selling, I mean, that's how I see marketing is almost like everything that you'd say in a sales pitch of like, here's how I can help you. Here's mm. why you might want to choose me. Here's what I can do for you. Marketing is just like sowing all of those seeds. Completely. So you're technically selling all of the time. Yeah. But I guess the sales process, like you said, is when you're then concluding that and yeah. leading that interest towards a buying decision. Yeah, exactly. Converting it into like, commercials yes you know um and I love what you said there about sowing seeds that is spot on and it mm -hmm. is like sowing seeds and a lot of it's almost sub subliminal it's not even they're not fully consciously aware that you're sowing those seeds and with what you say in your marketing it's sort of it's what you say it's also what you do and how you make people feel and people can see from all the different bits of marketing that you do put out, they get a feel for like your values and, and what you're about, what you stand for, as well as perhaps what you do. Yes. Um, so it just, I think it helps people understand you on so many different levels, if that makes sense. Completely. And you mentioned in your first answer, something that I think so many of us will resonate with, which is 
all of the feelings that we have around selling. I mean, the yeah. word that comes to mind, and I wonder how much you hear it, is icky. Yeah, I get that all the time. <laughs> this is what, that's one of my favorite questions, actually, to ask people when I when I do, especially like big workshops and yeah. big coaching sessions. I do a lot of one-on-one, but I also do do group sessions. I always say to them, right, so what are the words that you you think and feel like with about sales? And yeah, icky is one of the top mm. ones on the list. And people are like, yeah. They, they, they think it's icky. And it's just because it's misunderstood. It's so misunderstood. And when people say it's icky and when people are like, oh God, I just fear it and oh, it's just not me. I always have this like excitement comes over me that I'm like, do you know what? Once I've explained a couple of things, it's gonna totally change. And at the end of like, say a 90 minute workshop, I ask them again, so how do you feel about sales now? And everyone always goes, oh, can't wait to get going. I'm confident, I'm excited, mm-hmm. it's fun. And it's just, once you understand a slight mindset shift around it, which I'll share in a bit, but also the structures of yeah. how to navigate it and then a few skills, mm. people all of a sudden are like, oh yeah, great, I can do this. I'm interested, do you notice at all some of that ickiness comes from us almost taking the humanness out of yeah, sales where yeah, we yeah. think, oh, sales is like manipulating people and forcing yeah. them and it's all numbers and that's how we, you know, you see it in the movies shown that way, right? Yeah. It's like the sleazy guy the selling the Wall car. Street, yeah, exactly. second-hand car salesman. But I think when you bring, I mean, it works for both sales and marketing and business as a whole. When you think about it, it's just people. Yeah. Just having a conversation with totally. people. Do you notice that's a big mindset shift for people? Yeah, totally. I think sometimes people start, they go into almost a character of, of who they think they should be to be a salesperson and yeah. who they think people want them to be. And then all of a sudden, they're just so inauthentic and, and they're so disconnected from their audience. Mm. Um, but the main the main thing of where I always start is selling is serving, right? You're there to mm. serve people. Now... Obviously, I, I coach predominantly it's, it's business owners, so um, creative female founders, and mainly service-based businesses, although I do work with product businesses as well. But I always say to them, why does your business exist? And then they'll sort of they'll sort of have a think and they'll, they'll say, oh, because I'm helping this person do this and there's this need here and because people struggle with that, so I really want to do that. I'm really passionate about helping these people. I'm like, right, so your business exists because you want to help people. There are people that need your help. And what you've created as a business is useful to people, right? Mm. People are like, yeah. I'm like, right, well, if you don't go out and share it with people, you're doing those people a disservice. You need to go and share with them what you're doing and be really proud about it because you're there to help them. And every day that you sit quietly and every day you don't DM someone or speak to someone on Instagram or do a sales call, every day you do that, there are people out there that are in need of your help and, and they don't know you exist, you know? So it's helping people understand that their business exists for a, a you know a wonderful reason, and every single person I work with, it does. It it it, it exists because they want to help people, right? Solve a problem, provide mm. a service. It's actually a really selfish perspective for us. We just think about sales is yeah. about us. You know, what are they going to think of me? What if it doesn't work? Then I'm not a success. But you're so right when you're selling. I mean, you're just offering your solution yeah. or your yeah. your thing that can help them. And actually, yeah. I guess if you start the process feeling really connected to, well, what's the impact that's going to have? That feels better, right? Doesn't it? Not 100%. like, oh, do you want to buy my thing? You know, like pull out my coat and do you yeah. want to buy one of my watches? It's like, oh, no, do you want to access this impact? Do you want to access this transformation? Yeah. And here's how it can help you. I've set this up to help people like you with the problems that you have. Would you like my help? And that is lit, that is simply all sales is, is this is what we have. 
these are your problems, I'm here to help. And once we just switch that on our brain, and you're right, what you said there is so spot on, is we need to think about others more than thinking about ourselves in that process. And it's the same with like public speaking. You know, a lot of people go, oh, I'm really worried about, you know, speaking on a panel or public speaking. And I'm gonna, what if I mess up? And what if I do this? What if I don't say the right thing? But it's actually, once we start thinking about other people, we start thinking about actually, mm-hmm. what are they gonna learn? What if I help one person in this audience today? Like that's a brilliant thing. And all of a sudden you then start to feel a sense of peace. And so what happens then with that mindset shift around sales of, oh, actually I'm doing a good thing, I'm helping people. And actually this business exists. And especially if you've set it up, you 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 know, you've set it up for a reason and, and you've you've seen that there's a target market that needs your help. And then you're like, yeah, I'm I'm helping these people. People start to relax then. And then they start to relax in their sales conversations. Mm. They start to have more confidence in their conversations. And then what happens? They speak more clearly, with more conviction. They're more confident, the customer's more confident. Mm. They start having fun in the conversations. They start approaching more people because they're like, I'm doing a good thing. So all of a sudden, just that one little nugget, and like everyone listening today, like I really hope if anyone's got like a notepad and pen, like just write that down so you don't forget it because just that little mindset shift of we're serving, not selling, is a, is such a game changer. So it's where it all begins. I guess as a starting point for people getting that clarity yeah. on what is the impact that you're delivering. We try and sell features, not benefits. So when we're thinking about what we sell, we're always thinking, well, I sell coaching, I sell graphic design, yeah. I sell photography. And it's like, yeah, that is what you sell, but why? A hundred percent. You know, yes, you do coaching, but what's the transformation that facilitates? Yes, you do graphic design, but what's the impact of that service. I mean, it's internal clarity is the first step, right? You can't explain it to anyone else if you don't get it. No. But it's amazing how often we walk around in our businesses and people go, oh, so Hannah, like, what do you do? And it's like, well, I don't, I kind of just, okay, I'm done. And I will be honest with you, almost every single lady that I've coached has struggled with that. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because even like as business owners, sometimes you might even help other people with that, but actually they haven't spent the time to work on their own clarity of it. And you're right, that's again, such a game changer is if they don't have clarity, they can't communicate with clarity. Completely. And then they're over talking, it all gets over complicated. People struggle to understand, mm. yeah, what you do do and how it does help. And and you're right, it's a really, what you said before, it's a, a really, really common little trap that people fall into is selling the features rather, rather than the benefits. Yeah. But also understanding what a benefit is. Like a lot of people struggle with that. And I do that in my coaching sort of, you know, asking them what are the benefits of your business? Some people really draw a blank, you know, and well, they can't, distinguish or differentiate between the two yeah a a quote that comes to mind that i heard the other day was you can't read the label when you're inside the jar when you're in your business it's so hard to see that kind of external label right that's a brilliant one so you can't read the label when you're inside Mm -hmm. the jar i've never heard of that it's good though right fantastic it's spot on because we aren't our clients and customers. No. So what we see is the kind of features, is that I do this, I deliver that. And I think it's, it's getting into their heads, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of the reasons I love feedback forms. I'm like such yeah. a nerdy fan of them. I'm like, because you need to know what people are saying. Like you can't 100%. assume no. why people like working with you or what the impact is. Just because you think it's great because mm-hmm. X, Y, Z doesn't mean that's actually it. A hundred percent, yeah. And even like all, you know, feedback forms is so, so important. And again, a lot of people just forget to do that, don't they? And like throughout the whole time of working with people, like I'm very chatty and very conversational like all the time anyway. And I'm constantly asking, oh, what was your key takeaways from today? Or, you know, how's that made you feel? Or 
what are your thoughts on, you know, how, how's that last session? Like, how have you found that's helped this week? So I'm constantly getting feedback and that feedback has helped me iterate and tweak my programs, like moving mm. forward. I'm like, wow, okay, that's a benefit that a lot of people are experiencing. And mm. I didn't know that that was going to be one of the key benefits. Yeah, such a powerful step is that yeah. final feedback loop. When you were giving examples earlier of selling, you were saying phrases like, I can help you too, you know, do you want this? Would you like? And that language to me feels very gentle. Yeah. I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions around sales is that it's sleazy. I wonder if that's yeah. a word you also hear yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're trying to manipulate people, we're forcing them. And I think as business owners, you know, we talk about a lot. I know when we're just chatting about being value driven and caring mm, about yeah. people and wanting to do things in a really authentic and kind way yeah how do we do sales in a way that feels good to us because yeah. I can imagine that's one of the things that makes people disqualify themselves oh I don't do sales I don't do sales because yeah. I, I don't want to pressure people sure but does it have to look that way it doesn't have to look that way at all and I think that's a brilliant point that you've picked up and, I, and I'm glad you have now look there will be there's different sales people out there right so there's different people like I see it's a craft Mm. Right, and people operate the crafts in different ways. And I have my own style of selling and my own sort of yeah values and morals that I stand for and how I how I can kind of co I conduct myself, so to speak, and how I coach. So it is all around. It's very values based. I define it as I'm a pulley salesperson, not a pushy Ooh. salesperson. So everything that I do is around drawing people towards us. So the significant majority of my discovery calls, the sales calls, we come towards the end and, and people ask to work with me rather than actually me even having to ask them, well, would you like to join our program? Mm. Usually we come to the end and they're like, oh, I'd really like to join. And it's all about, as I said, it's all just about serving people. It's all about transparency, honesty, and explaining how you can help them, asking brilliant questions to understand what they need, mm. listening. You know, people want to feel seen, heard, and understood. Yeah. And when you do that, people feel, oh, do you know what, I'm in a safe space, and I trust this person. And then when you give brilliant examples of, you know, clients you have worked with, and or projects you've worked on, people go, oh, okay, there's some evidence there too. And then they're ready to, they're ready to make a decision. When people feel safe, secure, and confident, they trust themselves to make a good decision. Yeah. If you're pushy and you're, you know, like what basically happens is it's selling as well is quite an emotional thing. And some of the, the pushy salespeople, I also think society's moved on f so far from where we used to be when you could be pushy and people would accept that way of doing it and go, oh, yeah, OK, OK, I'll buy. I actually think now we're all just a bit too in tune with, I don't know, just communication has advanced and changed and, mm. and actually people feel uncomfortable they pause and they don't do anything. Don't sell to the wrong people. And this is a yeah. really common thing I see happening as well. Is don't sell to people that you can't help. Only mm. work with the people that you can help. Sounds so obvious. But it's easy to think, oh, good sales means I close every time. Whereas yeah. actually, I'd imagine good sales means you close when it's a right fit. And actually yeah. you are, you're brave enough because it's a, kind of a confidence thing, isn't it? You back yourself when you say yeah. no, even if the person's willing to pay. 
yeah actually that's a real confident step to go no I'm gonna make yeah the and I, it, again it's you're right it is it does probably come with confidence but it, and it also comes with an awareness and an understanding and strategy of thinking actually if I try and help a client that when I'm not right for you know like for example if I take my business so um you know coaching creative female founders with sales and business coaching if I agree to coach someone who I know that their business isn't isn't ready to be scaled or um, it's not the right thing for them, or they're not coachable. If we then agree to work together, it's gonna be so challenging for me and challenging for them. And it's not a good effective use of everybody's time. So sometimes I might push people away and say, actually you need to go and work on these few things first, and then we can explore whether it's the right time. Mm. And going back to what you said before about you know, a good salesperson, do they close every time versus maybe it should be that actually they close when it's a, a right fit. Actually, I don't sell to everybody. I don't sell to everyone. And I would advise people to just don't sell to everybody. Qualify first, brilliantly qualify, and then only sell to, to very select people. And that is why my conversion rate, I think, is around about like 96%. Because I don't waste my time selling to the wrong people. Getting into some of the practical then, yeah. how do we qualify? What does that look like? Yeah, so it's the discovery call, um, that first, well, I suppose even before a discovery call, right? In order to qualify effectively, we need to know what it is we're looking for. And again, some of these things I'm gonna be sharing today sounds so obvious, but I cannot tell you how many people mm -hmm. have fallen into this trap. Yeah, we think we're ready for the advanced stuff and it's like, oh, we don't actually know the basics. Yeah, cool, let's and start there. Yeah, and actually, do you know what? One of the things things I do is I teach people to get brilliant at the basics mm -hmm. and actually that's enough being brilliant at the basics and sometimes people are looking for these silver bullets and these really over complex you know advanced skills and strategies when actually it's just getting brilliant at the basics asking having clarity on, on what you know who you're serving what you're doing on what you know clarity on the questions you need to ask asking brilliant questions and then sharing what you do in a in a really effective way we need to have clarity on who can we help? You know, how are we helping people? What mm. does our ideal tar target client look like? And I go super granular with that. I've probably got like a, a 15, 20 sort of almost checklist of what, you know, what I'm looking for and who I know I can help. You know, who needs what you've got? Who wants what you've got? Who needs it? Who wants it? And who can afford it? Yeah, that's a really important final bit which I feel like often gets ignored. Yeah, it does. And sometimes that's a real fundamental flaw in, in people's business strategies is, God, I'm doing all these sales calls and everyone's saying no and everyone's asking about price and challenging price. We're having transactional conversations. Like, right, well, let's look at that target market that you're approaching and mm. maybe they can't afford it. Maybe we're trying to sell something that right now they don't need and want enough to warrant that price point. Yeah. And you need to just go back and what you've got is brilliant, but you just need to target their area of the market that they can afford it. So again, super, super simple, but lots of people really um, struggle on that. So you need to have clarity, first of all, on who you can help. So like, for example, I can see really quickly on like Instagram or LinkedIn, or even when I meet people, I can see really quickly if they are a potential tri tribe member for Let's Trailblaze. I can really quickly go, oh, yeah, she's one of us. I can help her. You know, I can really, really quickly see that. So that's the first part of the process, having that clarity. The second thing is getting people on a discovery call and speaking to them, yeah. human to human. People try so much um, sort of speaking online. It's only so much you can, you can gauge from that jump on a call and actually have a conversation with somebody. And then it's about asking brilliant questions. The main things you need to initially get from somebody 
are their drivers? What is motivating them to want to make a change? Why do they need to make a change? What, what is the big picture that they're trying to achieve? Are they personal drivers, professional drivers? We need to understand that. If we can understand if they've got strong motivations, we can predict whether this is likely that they are going to buy or, or they're ready to make a change. Right. So that's the first thing we need to do is we need to understand their drivers. The second thing we need to understand is what are their requirements? What are the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that they're missing to get them from where they are now to where they want to get to. And they will have an awareness of some of those gaps, but then as consultants and from all of our experience of you know what we've done throughout our careers, we also know of some of the gaps that they will likely have that they don't even know that they've got yet from reading between the lines of what yes. they say they need. Does that make sense? Yes, completely. And I'm really interested to get your take on discovery calls yeah. because I have seen some tips around them that honestly mate would make me feel sick if oh I had no. to do them but I'm you know I'm not saying yeah everyone's got different strategies yeah. and it's got to work for you right but I often see I think it's no offense to the Americans but it often feels like the kind of American conversations yeah. which are very like you know have a seven-step process to your discovery call yeah. have a script have oh a Lord, set no. you know I've even seen people have workflows in front of them on the calls where it's like okay client says this now yeah. I do this and we talk and it feels so first of all inhuman it take, yeah. it doesn't feel like robotic, a conversation right? robotic completely mm. and it also just feels really icky and complicated yeah i mean my approach to discovery calls is literally just let's have a chat understand where you're at figure out where you want to be maybe tell you about how i could help you get from a to b at the end similar to like you said they kind of make the decision for themselves mm. is it about finding where on that spectrum you want to sit what's your perspective on that more kind of robotic I need a script approach. Yeah. So I'm super anti-scripts. Nice. I think it's um, sales as well. I think one of the key things is just about being authentic. Mm. And that means just being yourself. And if you're, you know, super chatty or super smiley or whatever you are, just, just be you. And actually that's okay. And also once people understand and realize that they can do well by just being themselves. Again, that gives them confidence and they relax into it. Mm -hmm. When you have those like workflows, and I, I've been on the receiving end of that, I think it was like last year actually, two people suffer in that conversation. The per the salesperson who's delivering it, but also the customer. You can feel you it. You can feel it, yeah. It's pretty obvious. Like yeah. A, you can kind of see their eyes looking at another screen and B, it's just yeah. like, is there anyone behind those eyes? Like, yeah. And it's just so, yeah, robotic is the exact word, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, I'm not really about scripts, um, but I am about structure. And mm -hmm. I teach a four-step structure. So literally four steps, really, really easy. I help people with little sound bites sometimes to open up the conversations. The sure. sound bites might be things to help, you know, brilliant questions to ask, to understand people's needs. Um, and then also some sound bites to help people wrap up a conversation. Those are the two things mm -hmm. I find people um, struggle with a lot. It's sort of, they're like, right, so how do I close it? Or how do I wrap it up? I'm having yeah. a brilliant conversation, but how do I then just wrap it up? And actually the customer wants you to wrap it up just as much as you want to wrap it up. Yes. You know, they want you to take control of it. And so I help people with that. Let's talk about that wrapping up section a little bit yeah. more because I hear a lot of clients say like, oh, my discovery calls either are just like a nice chat. Yeah. And like you said, they kind of like never end very intentionally. Yeah. Or it just becomes me giving out loads of free advice. Mm, and okay. oh, I'm actually now just almost giving them a client call because sure. I kind of haven't stopped. What are some of those kind of bits of language or, or techniques that we can use to kind of 
transition at the end because it does that's the bit that feels a bit icky or can yeah, feel a bit icky isn't it it's like exactly. now I'm maybe leading the conversation a bit more I'm giving us an end point yeah how can we do that yeah and again that ickiness comes from a couple of things it's the it's the mindset as well as the structure and the skills gaps and the mindset of people thinking oh god I'm gonna ask them to buy something and oh my god again you're thinking all about you rather mm. than like actually this client they need what you've got here yeah they've booked a call I don't know why we're yeah. always like oh my <laughs> god they're gonna be so shocked that I'm so like they literally are so interested in working with you yeah. they are sitting down to chat with you yeah it's funny isn't it we're totally like, oh gosh they're gonna be so judgy that I'm gonna about yeah. to offer them something and by that point in the conversation as I said earlier on don't sell to everybody only sell to the people that need what you've got want what you've got and can afford what you've got and you should have qualified that already by now mm. and if you're offering it to them it's because you know that they genuinely need it. So obviously it's going to depend upon what the um, service or product is that you're selling. But let's assume it's perhaps a, a service-based business. You know, a tiny, really simple little soundbite. It's like, okay, great, brilliant. Right, well, let's get you booked in the schedule. Okay, let's take a little look at the diary and let's get your first strategy session booked in. When did you want to get started? So what are your thoughts? And I, like not being afraid to then just end the question and sit silently. isn't it like we all like sit and like keep asking more and more questions almost like word vomit yeah. but yeah yeah I guess at some point you gotta sit and hear their response super simple little one-liners mm. let them talk I'll tell you one that I find useful not at all as a sales expert but just maybe another script and to this use. is the thing you, you will be a sales expert everybody is it's within everybody because all sales mm. is is effective communication yes it's all it is and actually there are sales people in all of us like that five-year-old little child that wants that lollipop in that shop <laughs> and and is trying to say to them I really want the lollipop I will be really good and you know that it sales it's in all of us so true it's all in all of us yeah. oh, I love that it's a great perspective <laughs> um I tend to find when I'm transitioning, because you're often talking a lot about them, aren't you, in terms of like yeah. your problems, your needs, your desires. And I tend to find, I must use it probably on every single call. I'll go, okay, that definitely sounds like something I could support you with. Here's what that would look like. Yeah. And I just find Brilliant. that helps me because there's always that point where I'm like, okay, I now need to maybe make this, not make it about me, but make it about us. Like yeah, how do we totally take it do. from where you're at to what we could do together? So yeah, I think those are great. Yeah, great spot points. on. And and to share the four set process of of the discovery calls that I you know share with people. And as I said, the structure that I have, I've used it in you know corporate FTSE 250 corporates, and I've had multi million pound sales targets. It it's a sales structure that works. I use it myself, and I have like a you know 96 percent conversion rate. And all the ladies I coach, they use it, and their conversion rates are epically high now as well and, and they love they enjoy the sales calls this is one of the things I love the most is not only are they high conversion and their their you know average order values are going up but they love them and it's just a four-step simple process number one you understand the client's drivers number two you understand uh, their requirements number three is the solution and as you said there step three is you present this is the solution and this is how it solves your problems mm -hmm. this is how it achieves your your drivers that you've got solves your gaps and that's the first point where you then talk about us as you say yeah about us as a team this is what we do this is how it works this is how I think we can help you or this is how I know we can help you because we've done it time and time again mm -hmm. and the fourth step of the process is um it would be concerns so we're not going to say to the client or the customer potential customer um what are your concerns it's quite a loaded question yeah but actually what we're going to do is then we're going to explore what are the concerns so as I said, one of the little sound bites to wrap it up will be, okay, so what are your thoughts? And then they'll go, oh, well, so, you know, this is really good. I really like that. Or I'm really not sure about this though. Or mm -hmm. this is something I've, I've, you know, and then they'll ask questions. Be like, okay, brilliant. 
and you'll talk about that. And what else is on your mind? Mm. Oh, well, actually, you know, I had one one lady and it's it's so fascinating, that step four with the process, you uncover things and concerns and, and worries that people have, which majority of them you can solve so simply and so easily because people just make assumptions. You know, I had one lady that said, oh, I really, really love what you do. And she'd come through as a, a referral and she's like, I know that you've helped my friends so much. and. Um, you know, your program's amazing. And I, I definitely want to do it, but I think I need to, it's not the right timing. And I was like, okay, so um, tell me a bit more about that. Why Why do you feel it's not the right timing? And she said, oh, well, I need to go and get all my commercial goals ready together first before I do the, the program with you. And I was like, oh, okay. We'll just let you know, like actually step four of our process is we do the commercial goals together. Mm. She's like, oh, is that part of it? And I said, yeah, it's part of it. Yeah. She's like, oh, brilliant. Okay, well, I'm ready to get going then. Mm-hmm. Actually, people assume things that are, yeah, sometimes factually incorrect. Another mm-hmm. one I get is people go, oh, I really, really love it. But do you know what, Hannah, I'm so busy at the moment. I don't have time to do like a, a 90 minute sort of weekly coaching session. I was like, oh, okay. So just to kind of reassure you, I work with really busy business owners. This is what I do day in, day out. So my program's designed around helping busy business owners. Yeah, with with that particular lady, she said, oh, I'm sure you're gonna give me loads of homework. I'm gonna have to write essays every week. I was like, oh, wow. It's like, no, there are no essays. Yeah. All the work that we do is in the session. I've created it really, it's really simple, really actionable. So after mm. every 90 minute session, people can go and implement things and actually get results like straight away. So mm. people are like, oh, right, that makes sense. So do you see that? Just It's helpful to give examples so people can see Completely. how these really common misconceptions that people go through. Yeah, and I love that phrasing of you are hearing and if possible, correcting their assumptions. Yeah. I feel like the other way I hear that talked about is handling objections. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that phrase before. Yeah, I've, objection I've, handling. I'm sure you have. Yeah. Sales. yeah. Objection handling. And that to me always feels that on that more like icky, sleazy side okay. where it's almost like you tell me why not and I'm going to sit here and like bat them all back at you and convince you that your problems aren't actually problems which I can imagine it's a sliding scale right people might share with you an assumption or a problem and you actually go yeah do you know what fair enough that is a reason that this isn't the right fit Hmm. or they share something like what you were saying with those examples which are great and then you go okay well actually let me correct that and help you to understand how that might look different totally you're you're spot on Mm. and again just going back to what I said before is when we've got to this point of closing up closing and you're inviting them into your program or offering mm. them your service you've qualified so well that you know that it is the right timing for them you've qualified that is it the right time can they afford it do they need it do they need it now and I would have already qualified that so actually when they do come with potential objections or concerns I know that they're things that we need to override and also you know saying it to a slightly advanced level I can try and locate where they're coming from because I already know a lot about them already sure so whether it's a fear thing a confidence thing or yeah I would have already potentially predicted what concerns might come up something you've referenced a few times is price and money you're saying obviously one of the key parts of someone being qualified is that they can afford it and the budget is there what are your thoughts around when you share price point because I feel like that can be a real debate of are do you you know not show prices on your website and Mm. then at the end of your sales call it's like this you know magician's act of the magic reveal of what the number's going to be or for some people it's no actually transparency right from the start yeah what are your what are your thoughts I've changed my mind around prices on a website a few times to be perfectly honest and I think it can work fine 
either way. Mm. But sometimes people need to understand more strongly why they need something or how it can help them before they're ready to hear what the price is. Mm. Otherwise, it just doesn't quite make sense in their head and it might be a barrier to them having a discovery call, potentially. But at the same time, if you have prices on the website, it might sort of push away some of the, the clients that you're really not right for. And actually, sometimes the prices as well, sometimes people worry that, oh, what if it's too high and it pushes people away? Well, actually, if you, you're pricing of a certain level, you're going to be attracting people that are like, oh, that's within... Mm my the premium price that I want to pay that means that person's for someone like me interestingly when people don't put price my assumption is that it's going to be out of my budget and oh. really high but I guess it's different for everyone you know for yeah. me personally if the price isn't there it makes me not want to book a call because I guess I don't want to waste our oh, time and I think well that's a real risk whereas yeah I can imagine for other people yeah like you said if they maybe need to understand a bit more about what it is before they think about the price point yeah I guess it's that's fascinating. One. I love that bit of feedback. That's really, really interesting. So, so if you didn't see a price, you'd think, oh, it's probably maybe out of my price range and I don't want to book a call because yeah. I maybe don't want to waste their time, waste my time, and it's maybe mm. not a right fit. That's so fascinating. Because a lot of the time why prices aren't advertised is because they are, they're bespoke. Sure. And that's one of the reasons I haven't got for the coaching programs at the moment, I haven't advertised the price online. And I, I do, I at some point I'm, I potentially will put it on there and I might even experiment with it actually. Now that you've mm -hmm. given that feedback, do you know what, I'm gonna put prices on the website and just experiment with it and see what happens. So I'm not adverse to doing it, but it is bespoke. Yeah. You know, I try and make sure that I create a solution that works for people depending upon where they're currently at and I might slightly scale down a solution or even scale up a solution if that's what somebody needs mm. so that's why I don't usually advertise the prices yeah that makes total yeah. sense something actually that's popped into my mind one of my past clients did is because they had it as bespoke so what they would do on their website is they do like starting from prices mm. but they'd also share in their case studies Ooh, okay. where the client was comfortable with it being shared what the price point was nice so that it wasn't like here's definitely what you're going to pay but yeah. I guess it gives people that indication I think because from my perspective and I think it is opinion right it's not right or wrong mm. for me when I'm going through someone else's sales process I'm looking to qualify those points as much as they are 100%. so I'm wanting to understand you know are we a fit are you going to give me what I want completely. and is the budget aligned uh, completely. yeah I guess for me I just oh it would be my worst nightmare if I got into a sales call and then at the yeah. end I'm like that is one zero more than I have budget for yeah and they hit you with a number that's just not right and that yeah. that would be if a, if somebody did that that would be a poor salesperson. Mm. Um, and like I, there's been calls where I will be speaking to somebody and I will, you know, not terminate the call, but I, I will say just to manage your expectations, I think what we, our program that we offer right now, it's probably not quite suitable for you. Sure. Do you ask people's budget at any point in the inquiry process? No, I personally don't. So the way I qualify whether somebody can afford it is I ask questions around um, what's their sort of um, monthly turnovers, what's their annual turnovers. I also ask what are the goals they're trying to get to? You know, what what's their appetite for success? Where are they at? Where are they trying to get to? And you know that if somebody is, say, perhaps making, you know, £1,000 a month, potentially a programme that's sort of, you know, 4K upwards, yeah. is probably not suitable for them. Uh -huh. um, but actually, if somebody's making um, sort of, you know, 4K a month, then actually what they want to be doing is they want to be doing six figures, then actually this is... This is a program that's that's probably right for them now where they're at. Mm. I always look for people that, personally, I don't coach people right at the beginning who've sort of, their businesses are in concept phase. I coach people that 
they've got a concept, they've got some clients already, they've even perhaps got leads coming in, mm. but they just want to convert a higher volume of them at a higher value. Mm. Um, so yeah, I qualify where they're at, how much they're already billing, and um, I will never, I'm personally, again, it's my personal thing, but I'm very, I'm very ethical in how I operate. I would never make somebody pay for something they can't afford. Yeah. And that makes me feel really uncomfortable and really sad when I hear people sort of selling things to people that they can't afford and stretching them beyond their means and also mm. selling them a dream. You know, if somebody's at day one and they've not even made a sale and then you're saying to them in six months, I can get you to a six-figure business, there's no proof of concept there to scale them to that. Completely. And what I always do is I under-promise and over-deliver. So people will come to me and say they want to do six figures, for example, and they might be at, you know, 60K already and they want to do 100 okay I in my head would have all already qualified what capacity or, or where we can roughly kind of get them to in what time frame and quite often then they'll do multiple six figures mm -hmm. you know or they want to do 100k and then we'll end the year on like 140 160 and then they're on a trajectory the following year to do 250 you know like it's all about under promising and over delivering that's how how I work because mm. then they're happy I'm happy yeah we're all having a brilliant time I always do it on the discovery call and it will be in the um third stage of the discovery call so I found out their drivers found out their requirements then when I present the solution I explain how it helps them and then this is the price you don't go into Tesco and go excuse me no, don't want that price yeah or when you check out they don't go is that right for you yeah does that fit your budget it's like yep yeah. It's the price. A hundred percent. my credit card. Yeah, that's it. And as I said, by that point, I've already qualified whether they can afford it. Mm. And so it's not going to be, you know, something that they're like having to go and remortgage their house for, you know? Yeah, completely. <laughs> I'm interested. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making when it comes to sales? You're thinking, I guess, of those kind of practical tips and strategies yeah. that really make a difference. What have you seen over the Great years? Great question. So, I mean, a few we've already covered, but not understanding your customer. They don't understand what they want, what they need. Uh, number two is over-talking. Interesting. In a discovery call, it should be an 80-20 conversation ratio. So 80% of the time, the client should be talking. 20% of the time, we should be talking. And that 20% of us talking is largely us asking questions. We need to listen more than we talk. And yeah, like not following a structure and having an enjoyable conversation where people go, oh, I really enjoyed that discovery call. It was really, really great fun. And that is perfect to have great fun conversations. I'm a big supporter of that, but also having a structure so that it's, it's commercial. Time is the most valuable commodity that we have. Mm -hmm. It's more valuable than money. Time is finite. Money is infinite. I value other people's time, but I also value and respect my time. And so my discovery calls are 60 minutes. And I will wrap it up in that 60 minutes. And I can do that because I have a structure. Yeah. And the other ladies I coach, they do it because they have a structure. So we don't have six conversations to wrap up a deal. We have one. And by the end of that, we have a conclusion, whether it's right for them, whether it's not right for them. What about if the conclusion is, let me have a think about it, or, you know, you've maybe sense as a service provider i think they are a fit but yeah just want to give them some time can that be a valid end point can be yeah sure but what i would al always say with that is i would lean in and be super curious and say okay just out of curiosity what is it that you need to think about the answer to that question is always different answers oh and it, again it uh, it's stage four of the process. What are their concerns? So then they're like, oh, well, actually, I'm really worried about um, the time commitment and I've got this thing coming up. And oh, OK, well, just to let you know, it's a flexible, flexible program. 
because there was one one somebody I spoke to um, ages ago, and again, I think they were trying to sell to me, and it was a some kind of a program where it was weekly. Right. There was no movement in that in that weekly meeting, and you had to if you couldn't make it, you lost that that week of your eight week program or something. Mm. And I just thought, why do people do that? It's all about flexibility, I think. Flexibility that works for you and works for the customer. Completely. So yeah, when people say, oh, I need to think about it, it's just leaning in and being curious, that word again, mm. curious, be curious. Oh, just out of curiosity, what is it that you, you feel you need to think about? And if someone does leave it that, nope, I wanna go and have a think yeah. about it, or I'm just not sure, so I'll come back to you. Yeah. What do you then recommend the service provider does? Do you leave them to it? Do you send follow-ups? Do you check in? Yeah. What can that look like? So I personally will always make sure that we end with some kind of an action point, some kind of a um, agreement to reconvene. So be like, okay, brilliant. You know, I might have even at that point asked around, you know, what have they got going on? And is there, you know, it might be that they need to go on holiday and that's why they need to have a think about it. Or they might be about to get married or something. That's why they need to think about it. Or they've got really, really busy period at the moment. They've got a big project on and their brains, just, they're just not ready to sort of make a decision. Mm -hmm. So say, okay, great. So I know you mentioned you've got that really big project on at the moment. So should we park it? Should we park this for, for the next week? And how about the following week we look at a bit of time in the diary where we can we can jump back in together and explore your thoughts? Interesting. So you'd book another call 100%. in. 100%. Yeah. Ah. It's good for me. It's good for them. Because I might forget about them. They might forget about me. I would never Everyone. think to do that. But that yeah. makes so much sense. So much sense, easy for us. Mm. And yeah, there's no there's no commitment, no pressure. And I always say that throughout all of my conversations. I always say to them, look, if, if this isn't for you, it's completely your decision, completely mm. your decision. But I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't share that this is something that's really gonna help you. Yeah. And that I help people like you every single day transform their lives and their businesses. And I don't want you to miss out. So mm. I'd be doing you a disservice if I, I didn't share that. I think this is actually brilliant timing for you. And mm. also that as well. Like, don't be afraid to say to somebody, if you think they, they think it's, the client thinks it's not the right time. Remember, you're the professional and you know what you do. Yes. And you know whether it's the right time for them really or not from the, the experience you've had and the people you've helped. So if you think it is the right time for them, tell them. Yeah, we're not pushing them to do anything, but, it, but you're doing them a disservice if you don't say to them, do you know what? I can hear your concerns and your thoughts, but do you know what? I've worked with lots of people that feel like that at the beginning, mm. and this is absolute perfect time mm. for you to do this. Yeah, that's yeah. a great reminder. You're the expert in the situation, yeah, and we can balance being in control and giving our insight whilst it's still feeling like that gentle, consensual yeah. conversation the yeah. whole way through. Yeah, exactly, and that's it. Like I, I. I operate with warmth and kindness and I do that in everything that I do in my leadership, in my sales, mm. um, in my coaching programs. That's how I operate is with warmth and kindness. And I think with sales, a lot of people think that it isn't a warmth, a warmth and it isn't something that comes from that perspective. Yeah. People think of it as cold and selfish, but actually there's warmth and kindness in, in, in how I do it. And that's the style of sales that I help people do as mm. well. Something that you said earlier when I flippantly said, oh, well, you know, I'm not a sales expert, I'm not good at sales, <laughs> which was a great correction there of actually we can all be good yeah, at sales. How important is it that we see it as a skill that we can yeah. build and grow rather than an innate you know, oh, I'm just not good at sales. That's not me. That's never going to be me. Yeah. And again, it's the misconception of what it is, isn't it? I think it get, I get so excited when people say, that, oh, yeah, I'm not a salesperson. 
And the reason I get excited and the reason I love so much about what I do is because I work with people day in, day out that that have that thought, that they mm-hmm. think they're not a salesperson. And to this day, touch wood, every single person I've turned into what they would consider themselves as a great salesperson now. And is it like any other skill that the more you do it, the easier it gets? Yeah, the more you do it, the easier it gets. But once you have those mindset shifts, as I said, it's serving, not selling. I share with them that they can be their authentic self. They don't need to be a robot. And they can just be, you know, human and enjoy it. Like my discovery calls, for example, people don't feel like they're being sold to. They're just having a conversation with me and I'm having a conversation with them. There's something you said earlier on as well, which is spot on. In In a discovery call, it's just as much about the client figuring out whether you're right for them as yeah. it is you figuring out whether they're right for you. It's a two-way street. And it's having that mm. that mutual respect for each other and then in just enjoying the conversation. There is so much more I want to ask you about around, I mean, I feel like the sales process, there's so many details to it, but we'll have to have you back for a part two to do all of that. Yeah. Um, we've covered so much ground in this episode. I know the people that have been making notes throughout will probably have a lot of things now to be thinking about and implementing But if you were to give everyone maybe a first step, what is one thing we can all do today or this week that can help us to improve our sales strategy? What we've obviously obviously said already before multiple times now, and and, and you'll notice I repeat some of the same things, but Mm. it's because it's these fundamentals that are so important. Yeah. Your sales strategy begins with you understanding your customer, understand who they are, how you can help them, what their needs are, what the benefits are, of your solution and build everything around them. That is the beginning of your sales strategy. We go on to like sort of the commercial side of it and we're, we're sort of like, we're doing the numbers in, in the strategy. We need to think about, right, what on an annual basis, what is the number we're trying to get to? Let's say it was six figures because people love this like Classic. six figure thing. Like everyone just like grabs onto it. And I'm like, why, why like, yeah, you yeah. know, a hundred grand when you could do like, 165 you know yeah. but why but not make easy. 95 or 120 yeah. i know weird, but you know it? what but it's super clean it's super easy and i yeah. think it's helpful for people to um to sort of visualize in their mind so i say right if it is that that six figures do you know one of the biggest again mistakes we make is they i would then ask them okay so do you know what that is a month and they'll go uh um uh i'm like okay so if we don't know what it is a month then we don't know how many clients that is at what average order value yeah. to get us to that. So what I would say in the sales strategy is think about where we're trying to get to, you know, a year. Mm-hmm. And let's say it's a hundred grand. What's that in a month? Yeah. I think it's like eight, three, three, three. Yeah. And then be like, okay, so if I'm trying to do 8,333 in a month, how many clients is that mm-hmm. at what average order value? And then you've got, okay, so maybe I need you know, it's four clients at this average order value, let's say. And it's like, okay, so then if that's what we need, what's our conversion rate with discovery calls to close client? Yeah. Okay, so I usually close about one in three. Okay, so then how many discovery calls do we need to be doing to close four clients a month? Yeah, 12. There we go. it's a game. (laughs) Woo-hoo-hoo. We got the answer. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, super simple. Yeah. But actually, people just don't reverse engineer their targets like that. So Completely. that needs to be in your strategy. Yes, let's have this great vision, this goal. But also, let's work it backwards. Yeah, how are you going to get there? How are you going to get there? Mm-hmm. And so then, if it's um, 12 discovery calls, then it's like, okay, so if I'm going to do 12 discovery calls, how many reach outs do I need to be doing a day? Or 
what do I need to be doing with my marketing to start booking these discovery calls? And then all of a sudden, you started to structure your day. That 100K all of a sudden starts to seem really achievable. Yeah. What you also think is, do you know what? 100K, so that's 8,333 a month. Actually, do you know what? I've got capacity for more than four clients. Mm. I've got capacity for more than 12 discovery calls. Yeah. I can do more than that. Then all of a sudden they're like, actually, six, 100 grand's not really that, it's not really that ambitious. Maybe we're gonna go for 150. I love that you have brought this in because you're so right. When you say it, those numbers, they are so basic, yeah. right? What, not just what's the big goal, but what are all the different numbers that are gonna help to get us there? But you're right, so often we don't do that work. And I think no. when you don't reverse engineer it, it just feels like a pipe dream, doesn't it? Yeah, it Because does. it is. Like yeah. if you don't have the plan of how you need to get there, yeah. it does just feel like this big shiny end point. Um, yeah. So I think that's a great next step for people as well is, is think of right for the year ahead, yeah. what is my sales goal? And what do I need to be doing to get there? Yeah. And just to sneak in a final question at the end, because yeah. you were saying there about actually then booking those discovery calls. Yeah. I'm guessing that's where kind of marketing and sales starts to interact a little bit more. I guess yeah. the two typical routes to go down would either be using marketing to encourage people to book a call off their own back, mm -hmm. or the other approach would be kind of actively reaching out to people yeah. to book. Can you maybe just give with each of those approaches a tip or something yeah. that people can do because obviously if right off the back of this podcast <laughs> yeah if people are thinking right well my discovery calls are there like I'm good with that now yeah. now I need to book yeah. 12 a month how can we book more discovery calls yeah totally and I love both approaches I love you know having marketing so you're drawing people towards you you're explaining what you do so people can opt in to yeah that's me you're talking to me and I think I need your help I would like a call yeah. that's brilliant definitely do that i'm not a marketing expert so there'll be other people that can give you know including yourself far uh, more excuse me Hannah, everyone can be a marketing expert because it's a skill okay just wanted to put that caveat in there just there in case go. what i say that people are like <laughs> oh what that's not a great thing to do but i think in your marketing it's just sharing again like what you do how you help who you help <laughs> and uh, the benefits of, of what it is and yeah. and then yeah that will obviously draw people um hopefully towards you and can i just add to that as yeah. well reminding people to book a call yeah the of times and a call just, to action right yeah, we just sat there like telling them what we do sharing yeah. the benefits and then like we're almost leaving it up to our audiences to figure out their next You're step so right yeah. it's like the analogy i used with a client recently was it's like you've set up a restaurant but there's no waiters so you are getting yeah. your audience to sit in this restaurant and just kind of figure out how to order something. Do you know what? I love your analogies, Alice. Like, they are brilliant. And I actually, I use a lot of analogies in my coaching. And I thought that that I was, I do it all the time. And I yeah. always thought, I, I was not a bit weird, but I always thought that was like my thing. But you're the same, you use you loads of analogies. It. And I love it because it really does help people visualize something, doesn't it? And go, oh yeah, it helps yeah. you join the dots. And sometimes realize how silly something is yeah. that you're doing. Because you 100%. think, oh, like, you know, they know what I do, they get it. And it's like, well, yeah. you wouldn't start a restaurant and not give people a menu. So true. So you need to actually tell people, if you want an order, yeah. here's what you need to do, right? And it's the same at the end of a discovery call, right? With booking your next call or wrapping it up and, and saying, right, let's get you booked in the diary otherwise you're leaving it to them to think about oh what are the next steps like make it really easy for people to say yes yes make it really easy for people to see what to do next half the path yeah so that they can walk it yeah like direct messaging is obviously another way to, to to book discovery calls and i love that as well i think with that you can be so targeted you can have looked at somebody's profile or, or business and you can see whether they're your right target client 
And then I, I'm a big believer in just keeping it really short, snappy, conversational. And I might look at somebody's business and I work with people who I genuinely am a fan of what they do. I'm genuinely a fan of what they stand for, what their business is, you know, how they're conducting themselves. So I will share my thoughts in a message and I'll say, hey, just discovered your page, really love what you're doing. How long have you had your business for? A lit really simple line like that, or hey, really love your page, just seen your post around this, or just saw an article that you did about that. That's such an incredible learning. Yeah. Where are you based? And sometimes I'm finding finding out how long they've been running for, because that's a qualifying question for me, because I work with people that have a little bit into business, mm. sort of one to two years plus. Sure. Also, I might ask where are they based? I coach globally, but if they are in London, I might invite them for a coffee. I don't ever, this is a, a really big tip I would share is, I don't ever sell in like direct messages. Mm. You do that on a discovery call. Remember your objective in those calls, in those messages rather, is to book a call. Yeah. And that's when you then really talk about business. Mm. Um, just keep it really short, snappy, conversational, authentic, real, human. I feel like so much of this is just chill out a bit and be yourself totally and this is start feeling like like you said right at the start that we've got to bring on this persona or act in a certain way and this is it and I think this is one of the reasons that my coaching programs are so immensely effective is because people are just so liberated in understanding that because I I I do everything um I'm all about simplicity Mm. so I help make it really really simple and really easy and really accessible for people no matter what their background yeah so then they can action it and they're like, oh, is that all you do in, in, in messages? Is that all you say? And some people even say to me, surely you must say more than that. And I'm like, no. And then I'll show them some screenshots mm. of other people in our tribe, in the Let's Trailblaze tribe. I share, oh, look, well, these are some screenshots of the messages. of, And, and then now, look, they're your peer. And, and they're like, oh, wow, it really works. I'm like, yeah, it works. Yeah. And then they go try it. And they're like, wow, yeah, it really works. You know, so none of these really long messages around this is what we do and this is how we help and this is how our, my life started and this is all about me and all about this and this is all we've achieved. Oh my Lord, like who's still reading? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not still reading. Yeah. Just to make sure I'm clear with the transition of that, you might ask them a question around where are they based or, or how long they've been going. Or you might, I might even have asked, oh, have you, have you explored coaching before? And then they might say, oh, I've been thinking about it for a while. And then I might say, Okay, great. well, how about we jump on a discovery call and we can find out where you're currently at, where you're trying to get to, and explore how I can help you get there. Mm, nothing more than that. Nothing more than that. So you're asking, you're inviting them to a discovery call, and the key bit there as well, you're explaining to them why or what the discovery call is. Mm. This is the other thing. Some people have lots of um, cancellations with the discovery calls. Mine do not get cancelled. People do not ghost me because they know why they're going on it. And I've explained to them, right, so on the the call, we're going to talk about where you're currently at, where you're trying to get to, and explore how I can help you get there. You have shared so, like so much in this conversation I, I hope it's been helpful you. to people I, I hope mean, it has because do you know what I'm so passionate about what I do and I really 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 love it mm. and obviously I, I work I specifically work with creative female founders because they're the main people that think that they're not sales they think they're not sales people yeah and actually all of these things that I do is so accessible to them and when they when they know how it's so easy yeah. for them Completely. and I just love watching people grow and achieve and flourish mm. and then one of my favorite things as well is when they then help other people with the things that they've learned yeah so that's one thing I would say today if anyone's 
learn anything um put it in like put it into practice you've got to action it to get a result right like yeah. it's great at being on notebook but if it stays in our notebook the magic of it is never going to come to life i mean i know that i've taken so much from this yeah. i am excited to listen back to this because i listen back to all of them just to check i've not it's usually me, not the guests. Check that I've not said anything awful. Yeah. Um, and I just know when I listen back to this, I am going to find so much value in it. Again, I think I'm going to sit with my notebook and nice. get all those next steps written out. So just thank you for sharing so generously. You're welcome. Um, I guess I'd really encourage the listeners one thing, you know, decide one thing from everything that you've shared today yeah. that they are going to implement. You know, it doesn't have to be the only thing you do, but start with yeah. one. Try not to feel overwhelmed. Just have a starting point. Um, and I say the other thing for them to just come and connect with you online. Because yeah, I think this totally. is, it's not a one-time thing, isn't it? Is it? You no, don't learn sales not. and that's it. You need that kind of top up every now and again. Yeah, and look, obviously I've I've shared kind of the tip of the iceberg here. And I've shared some of the, the really common you know areas that that people fall down in um but look there is lots that goes into the craft and there's lots of other other you know we could talk for ages about it at the beginning of 2022 we're now in 2023 right because it's new year time travel um but yeah the beginning of 2022 um our objectives for let's trailblaze for the business was uh, two things to help more people so that means um you know, sharing more content online. Um, I do workshops in schools around the world, um, you know, coming on podcasts. So help more people was our, our first objective. And the second one was to add more value to our existing tribe. Mm. So again, sharing more content, improving our program. So actually coming on podcasts like this, for me is so aligned with our objectives of helping more people. And even if people, you know, hopefully people can take something away from this 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 podcast and yeah if they want to learn more and they're actually they are a creative female founder of a service-based business and they would love to increase their their sales and work smarter less hard so they can enjoy life more they want to increase their conversion rates mm -hmm. and their average order values then sure they can come and you know follow us on instagram linkedin check out our website, book a discovery call, and we can help them more. Yep. But even if they don't do that, hopefully from today, they've got some bits that they can take away. Absolutely. I mean, I'd be booking a discovery call just to test out your process. I'd be like, yeah, yeah I've heard her talk about it. I now want to experience it. <laughs> do you know what? It's funny you say that because I did have one lady that joined um, and she did say to me, she said, at the end of our discovery call, she said, yeah, I really, she's like, really, I'd love to join your program. And she said, if, if I only learn how you've just done this discovery call. If that's the only thing I learned from it, it will be worth the price of the program because she was I like, that, that was just phenomenal. Oh, I think that's just fab. Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing so transparently today. I've absolutely loved it. And like you said, listeners, let us know what questions you've got next because yeah. I'll get you back on the sofa and we'll have another chat. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And oh, uh, yeah, it's always such a pleasure to, uh, to spend time with you, to speak with you. And as I said, like, you know, when we've been out and had drinks, I just think we're so aligned on our values and our ethos of how mm. we want to help people. And really, yes, oh, thank you so much so for kind. having me. Not at all. It's been <laughs> fab.